0: Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the CEO of Collecti Labs, Selman G, is joining us on this Monday. Gonzo the Crypto Goliath, and Jackie, the Crypto Juggernaut, so I'm very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how the government of China was able to infiltrate the Federal Reserve. With missions spanning back nearly a decade, we show our listeners how China was able to build a cult inside our Fed. David Schwartz dispels claims that XRP's value would be separate on the public and private ledgers, as Ripple's managing director, Cindy Young, answers questions about XRP in regards to its price value and performance as a bridge currency. Miami is collaborating with Time Magazine and MasterCard to launch 5,000 unique NFTs, while Vitalik Buterin is publicly criticizing Mark Zuckerberg and Meta, stating that Meta is a misfire. Charles Schwab is bullish on crypto, launching a new crypto-related ETF this week, as RippleNet sees over 800% growth despite the ongoing lawsuit. Israel is banning cash payments, while Wanchain, an XDC solution, is allowing for XRP's cross-chain transactions. Saudi Arabia is revolutionizing modern cities, and we show our listeners a fascinating article stating that Bernie Madoff was considered as chair of the SEC. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So first of all, I want to give a shout out to my main man, Johnny Crypto. He is not with us this morning, but he is in here in spirit. We had an awesome weekend, and he took me out tubing. So shout out to you, my friend. It's always great being with our crew. But I want to go to Selman G, straight up from Germany. How are you feeling on this Monday? And thanks for making time for us, my friend.
1: Hey, brother. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And I uh, hope you had a great time over there with the whole crew. So um really kind of feeling jealous, but um, I feel like Jackie, Gonzo, and I, were also going to have our own meet and greet. Anyway, so um, I'm super Happy about what's going on in the markets right now. You see, we had a great pump for XRP, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. And um, yeah, the news, guys, get ready for the news. Uh, We prepared some crazy news updates for you guys. So let's start a show.
0: I'm really excited for today's episode. And I love Mondays because I got two full days of prep before each episode. We're going to kick it to Gonzo this morning. Gonzo, of course, you're rocking the Diamond Hands gear. Why don't you fill our listeners in about what you were able to see this weekend? Because, of course, it's XRP related.
2: Yeah, so good
0: morning, everybody. Uh, Selman, I gotta be honest with you.
2: I'm happy I'm on the show with Jackie because that's been in a while. But I'm not so jealous about the weekend at the lake because I had an absolutely amazing weekend with Shelly. It was my birthday, so we had a birthday weekend. We ended up in the city, and what Abs is talking about is I kind of surprised the team. And Salman got it first, and then Abs got it. Abs got the new building, but I was down in the city, and so I went to Ripple headquarters and I made a video in front. I just showed them the numbers and the building. And then uh, I kind of hinted that they're moving to another location. And we went to the other location and we made a video and it was pretty cool getting to see the new building. Uh, It looks like um, the flooring's in, the offices are in, no furniture. But what was really interesting is there's absolutely no signage saying that it's Ripple. Even in the old building, it's in the Bank of America building. There's nothing, uh, and we couldn't go inside the building. We were on the outside. But there's nothing on the outside that says anything to do with Ripple. It was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, that is really cool. And I want to give a shout out to you, Gonzo. Happy birthday, my friend. And also, shout out to Thanks Andrew up. Cashflow. Who would have thought of all the days in the year, yeah. Gonzo and Andrew Cashflow share a birthday? So, shout out to my friend as well. We're going to kick it to Jackie this morning. Jackie, thank you for making time for us. I was actually later than you, so I'll take pride in that, I guess. How are you feeling on this Monday? Mm-hmm.
3: I'm feeling great. I know I was shocked when I when I came backstage and I was before a few people. I was like, okay, okay, tides are turning. <laughs> no, I'm doing good. I actually am home for the weekend. Um, and I guess Monday includes on the weekend for me. Um, but yeah, it's been good visiting family and then also, yeah, I want to say happy, happy birthday to Gonzo and Andrew. If you guys haven't wished them happy birthday, make sure to tell them. send them a message. that'd be awesome. Awesome. And we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by showing you guys
0: our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single one of us. We go live at Monday at 8 p.m. and Thursday at 8 p.m. So go check us out. Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index. We're in moderate fear this morning. We were up at a 40 this weekend. Johnny Crypto actually put out a tweet and said that it might be a good time to take profit. And we're going to discuss that later, but we're going to dive into the total coin market cap for today. Because we are back over one trillion dollars at 1.08 trillion dollars this morning. Bitcoin is 41% dominance. Ethereum is 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting around 23,400 dollars this morning. Ethereum is 1,700. XRP is 38 cents. Cardano is under 52 cents. Polygon, which has been super bullish during these times, as well as Quant. Polygon is sitting at 92 cents this morning. Kronos is 14. Stellar is 12 cents. Algorand is 34 cents. Hedera Hashgraph is $0.07, cents and Quant is $103 this morning. I would love to start off with Gonzo because we always talk about all the turbulent price action going on today. It seems that there's going to be some bullish momentum in this market. We're seeing $28,000 Bitcoin price targets. What are some of your thoughts, Gonzo? Yeah, you know, I'm still just taking in levels, to be honest with you, because of the weekend and spending time with my
2: amazing wife. Uh, I, I didn't do – I just totally unplugged. I, I did make a buy of some Adam just because uh, the price – I caught it on a dip and it was below what my average entry price was. But, you know, overall, uh, I'm still watching, you know, are we going to get above 25 and then hold that? I know we moved up against it uh, and then we were probably above it for a little bit. But, you know, are we going to hold that so that we can continue to move up? So I take it in levels. I've actually been paying more attention to Ethereum because I feel like it's been doing a little bit better than Bitcoin. You know, we got above 1700 and I'm just kind of watching it to see if we can test that a support and then move up to the next level, which would be 2000.
0: Thank you so much, Gonzo. We're showing a chart right now, which is actually an inverse Bitcoin price chart. And we had a parabolic fall these last four months, which of course we all experienced. It seems that the chart has turned bullish. I'm going to kick it to Selman here because of course, he's our technical analysis expert. When I'm looking at this, it's a great sign of relief. The fact that we were able to break that trend line and get some bullish momentum. What does this indicate to you, Selman?
1: Well, um, to be honest, like seeing that the dollar index is finally pulling back and then also Uh, The tether dominance in the crypto space is also, you know, on a significant support level now. It is it's it's telling me that, you know, August has a potential for a quick rally because we don't have the Fed uh, until September. So we have actually a little bit of relief and there is rumors that they might raise interest rates by 50 basis points, which is good. And um, everybody's waiting for the inflation report of July this um, like this month. And um, everybody's expecting a lower rate. So we might hit the expected um, inflation rate, which is going to be bullish as well. So a decrease in um, inflation um, is obviously going to um, help you know raise or let's say bring bullishness to technology stocks and cryptocurrencies. So I'm actually kind of you know, becoming bullish again, but it's still, you know, we're at resistance zones for Ethereum and for many other coins, especially for the total market cap. So I'm still, you know, a little bit like leaning back and seeing uh, where we're going, but definitely, definitely guys, if we hit certain levels, design your strategy now and take profits because you, no one knows, maybe we could really see, um, more lows coming, um, in the third quarter. Of this
0: Thank year. you, Salman. And we got 166 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. It is July and the markets are bullish. Johnny Crypto has been calling for this for quite a while. But I want to hear from Jackie this morning because, Jackie, we talk about this being an opportunity to maybe exit on some of the projects that you want to get at lower prices, right? We're expecting some bullish momentum. Many call it a relief bounce. And then we're going to get a new lower low sometime around October. What are you anticipating and how would you be managing that situation with all the turbulent prices today?
3: Um. I'm waiting and being patient. So if we do see that bounce, <laughs> if we do see that bounce um, I will be taking profits on some of the stuff that I did buy on the dip. If not, Hey, I'm going to continue to dollar cost average There are a couple of coins that I'm looking at um, that look really good. I mean, they look really good on shorter time timeframes, um, four hours switching into the daily uh, daily switching into the weekly. So things like that I'm watching, um, Gala is one in particular that I'm watching right now that's looking really bullish to me. So that will be one that, you know, um, I think a lot of our team members had bought that one on the dip um, at pretty low price targets. And so that's one in particular that I'm watching to take a bounce. Um, Fingers crossed.
0: Love the gaming tokens for sure. And right now we're showing a DXY, which is about to turn bearish. And we know about the correlation that the DXY has to Bitcoin. So I don't think it's ironic at all that right as Bitcoin is getting some bullish price mo- price momentum, the DXY is looking more bearish than ever. Gonzo, what does this indicate to you before we dive into our first articles today?
2: Yeah, you know, I think it just backs us up that, you know, we always watch the DXY as a counterbalance, like you were saying. And so, you know, if we're going to get some bearish price action in the DXY, then we should get some... Um, you know, positive momentum in the cryptocurrency market. But, you know, always keep in mind that it is the Shnita and the markets end up doing crazy things. I know that uh, it was a few months ago that the DXY was pumping at the same time as crypto. So you never know. But usually what happens is the DXY comes down and then Bitcoin and the rest of the market moves up. So we'll keep watching it.
0: Awesome. And I'm going to kick it to Selman now because I know you've got some amazing content prepared for our listeners. Anybody who clicked on this video, XRP was in the title because about 70% of the content today is going to be focused around Ripple and XRP with so much innovation taking place, not only behind the scenes, but right in front of our eyes. We're going to start with a little bit of price analysis this morning. So Selman, the floor is yours.
1: So thank you, Apps. Well, guys, um, if you focus on like the macro trend, you guys can see that uh, the bull market, you know, started um, during the pandemic in March 2020. We had the local bottom and started the uptrend. And um, with another hit, end of this, end of 2020, with the lawsuit case, right? But in with that being said, we uh, formed a new trend. And guess what? We broke that trend last month, uh, or we could even say like in May, right? Like end of May, we started that bearish move, but on the weekly time frame we managed to cross above that trend we closed above and now it's really um the like the big big um i would say like the the final hour we need to see a nice closing above the weekly again we need to sit above like 37 cents is our support as long as we hold it we could really expect another uh, beautiful run but i'd like to show you this as well really quick um if you focus on the total market cap guys let me bring it up um this is the crypto total market cap and guess what even the crypto total market cap is sitting below the trend I mean we managed to you know close a tiny bit above and now we're trading above for sure above the um you know the the mother trend here that which one this one started back in 2018 December 2018 and it's a beautiful bullish trend however we need to hold that support we need to you know close a couple more weeks above and with that of course we could approach that 21 EMA which is at 1.25 or 27 trillion dollars but don't forget the horizontal which is at 1.17 so this is going to be a big resistance zone but if we fail however like if we fail to hold um, the support above that moving trend, we could simply see a big rejection here, and the bear market could uh, could continue. Now, I'm not saying that a huge bull run will start if we hold this support, but it tells us that we might see a little bit of a little bit more, you know, bullishness, and Bitcoin could approach 28k, 30k, and 33k is a big resistance zone for sure. Um, so please uh, watch out for that. And um, yeah, I really hope that we can see a little bit of bullishness uh, this August, but keep in mind, Gonzo brought it up. We got the Shemitah, right? So um, ex- expect more volatilities this year. I don't think it's over. The bear market is not over. So accumulate a lot of dollars and get prepared, design that strategy, and it's going to be a, a fantastic rally. Gonzo, uh, what I think is yeah. so
0: interesting about what Salman showing us here is that Just six to eight months ago, cash was trash, and now cash is king. One of the things I'm learning going through this bear market is how quickly sentiment can change. And we saw it in 2020 as well. When times are most bearish, that's when people make the most money. And if you look at what happened in 2008, we had a massive recession. Go look at the next two years. They were the most profitable two years for the American economy. I would love to kick it to you here and just hear your opinion. What are you anticipating with this bullish price targets? He's calling for $30,000. we are showing that the, the crypto market is clearly bullish But one of the things that I'd love to do is exit on some of the some of the assets that are gonna go lower. When you talk about dates like the Shemitah, how are you gonna be operating during that time, Gonzo?
2: Yeah, so you know,
0: like you were saying, Abs, like
2: most of the money is made in bear markets, right? Because you're getting in good positions. Like when we talk about levels, like I'm looking at twenty five. Does you gotta stay open minded, right? In my back of my mind, do I think that Bitcoin can get up to thirty thousand? Absolutely right. It's made moves like that before. Same thing with Ethereum, right? It's at seventeen hundred. I'm watching that level. I think it go up to two thousand, maybe twenty one hundred, right? I don't think higher than twenty two. I don't have the chart in front of me, but anything is possible. So you got to be ready to go. That's why it's so important to have, and if you're going to pull profits, to have not just a plan on when you're going to invest, when you're going to dollar cost average in, but how you're going to get out, right? Like 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 Jackie was talking about. I have some Ethereum on the side that I will probably uh, a small bag that I'm going to sell out of. Uh, it, you know, if we get to 2000. Why? So that when we come back down after Shemitah and then the eclipses, because I think that with the whole macro, they're going to blame a lot of the Fed and other things, but we know how eclipses deal with the market. It's going to pull the market down and then I'm going to go back in. So the important thing is you got to have a plan, right? You can't just be guessing. And so either you, you have a dollar cost average strategy that you're going to just continue to do or start saving up your money to have down on, on the sidelines so that when we get that correction, you can dollar cost average in or make one big buy if that's what you want to do, right? It, 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 but it's hard to time the bottom and that's why we always promote dollar cost averaging because when you talk about the bottom too, it's not like it's just one point and then that's it. We're, we go on a bull run, right? It's just like the lowest point, but we're going to continue to grind and stay down at those levels It'll just be the lowest point. So when we call a bottom, it doesn't mean that it's absolutely over. We still have some time to sit around and move up and down sideways at that bottom.
0: Jackie, we're showing a really interesting tweet here that says, we spent more money to fight C-19 than we did during World War II. Now inflation is costing the average American household over $9,000 per year, and the average American would have to work an additional 270 hours to compensate for inflation. Many people call inflation a secret tax. Jackie, what are some of your thoughts here? And then we're going to show our listeners a very interesting video of David Schwartz dispelling the claims that XRP could be different on the private ledger than it would be public. But what are some of your thoughts here, Jackie?
3: Yeah, I think this is um, insane. I mean, when you actually break down the numbers, that's the thing people look at, people don't actually consider, you know, when we see these price raises and things like that, and they don't actually notice that that their paychecks aren't increasing. I mean, people notice, but they don't break down the numbers like this. Uh, This would cause pretty much of an uprage. I would, I would be absolutely uh, ticked off if I was the common person that, you know, um, you know, just didn't break down the numbers and actually saw this impact that it has. And this is sad because the average American, you know, they're not making more than 30, 40 K a year. So that's, gosh, if you consider nine, $9,000, that's, a quarter maybe of their paycheck, maybe even a third. So, um, I really, it really is affecting a lot of people. Um, and it is kind of sad to see. Um, so hoping, hoping for better things in the future. Selman, I want to kick it to you next before we
0: dive into that video from David Schwartz, we talk about inflation and how it's actually beneficial for assets during times of high inflation. And we talk about how the DXY is looking extremely bearish, just as the crypto market is going bullish so what would you do to deal with inflation and how do you think assets would react to something like that
1: yeah so we're all we all invested in bitcoin and cryptocurrencies to hedge against inflation now it feels like inflation is a better hedge against crypto right so um What's happening now is like what I'm definitely doing is I'm looking for different income sources. So doing an extra job, maybe, or, you know, trying to like avoiding all the noise, all the inflation it is there. Yes. We can sit and cry all day long, or we can change our environment and our frequency and really attract what we want. So basically working on like a two shift uh, or, or doing a, like starting a new business or something like that to accumulate more dollars. My plan this year is to accumul- accumulate dollars as much as possible so I can really make use of that recession that we're in. And uh, once we see more dips, I will definitely take advantage and um, accumulate a lot because I know this recession will end sooner or later. Uh, it always does because, you know, the population is... Uh, you know, because the printing
0: press turns back on.
1: Exactly. Exactly. They have no choice. At some point they will go down with the interest rates again. And, um, probably what's happening right now is they're silently, you know, pumping the market so that people don't feel that recession immediately, but it feels like it's gradually going to go lower. Um, so they're manipulating the markets. I would say, of course, um, it's not backed by anything. What I'm saying, But um, I'm accumulating a lot of dollars because I want to take advantage. A lot of wealthy people are going to take advantage uh, from this upcoming dip. And you'll see another rally, maybe for the next five years, 10 years. We don't know. But this is the best time to design a strategy and work on it. We had a nice bull run in 2020, 2021. But that's it. You know, someone who took profits, great. But if you're new to this game, wait for it. This is a recession we all waited for because Bitcoin is experiencing its first recession. The markets are down. People are not interested in stocks anymore. And this is the time where you want to plan a good strategy and execute, accumulate a lot of dollars, get ready, wait on the sidelines, and then go deep into the rabbit hole.
0: Exactly. Thank you so much, Summon. And we got 215 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to show you guys a very interesting video of our friend, Tony Edwards, interviewing David Schwartz, who actually created the code for Ripple XRP. People have been talking about rumors of there being a private ledger running in the background for Ripple and how on that private ledger, the value of XRP may be different from the public ledger. Well, David Schwartz addresses those claims here and in- answers a lot of those questions. We're going to let this video play and get some comments from the group, starting with Selman. Here we go.
3: Um, there was another
0: question that uh, came up and
1: I don't know if this makes sense, but uh, the question is, will the value of XRP be the same on the in the private ledgers as it is on the public? Yes. The value proposition
3: of XRP is that it has this these liquidity pools,
1: it, it, if it doesn't make sense to isolate something, like there's no place where gold is worth twice as much as it is now because if there was people would just bring gold there and they would write and they would push. The, they would buy gold somewhere else and they would sell it there um, unless the only way that you can have the value be very different in two places is if there's a lot of friction. And if there's friction someone will make a business of removing that friction, so I don't see any realistic scenario where XRP has significantly different value unless something's
0: wrong. I love what he said there because there's so many claims that if they were running a private ledger, they would be using a separate than the public blockchain. So you would have a value of XRP being 34 cents to the public, but you could have an XRP behind the scenes operating at $10. That's not true. And I wish Johnny Crypto was here because I know that we've had private conversations about this. Really excited for this news, but let's start off with Selman G. Selman, Tony Edwards, shout out to him, does amazing work. These are the questions that we want to ask David Schwartz, right? Answering the questions that we don't fully understand until we go to the man who created it himself. What does this news clip say to you? And how do you feel about XRP not being able to run a CBDC without actually adding value to the XRP token?
1: So, first of all, I want to thank Tony for this opportunity to ask this question because there are a lot of, you know, rumors and then, you know, false claims. So, Thank you. And also David Schwartz. I love this guy so much. And I would love to have him here on the show. We manifested it. One day he he'll be here. So um basically we call this arbitrage. If if it's like if you have two different markets and on one market, it's you know, maybe ten dollars, on another one, it's five dollars. Basically, if it if we're talking about the same asset, people could basically buy it for five dollars and move it to the other place and sell it there and that selling pressure at some point will you know neutralize and and bring balance and everywhere it would be the market price of you know five dollars maybe so um or maybe seven dollars um but um this is something that that you know i'm really happy that we bring that uh bring that up um because you know people think oh no like there's you know, XRP will have a different value over there, etc. but you know, you see it's all bullshit. So it has the same value guys. It's everything, especially with gold. So now people say you can manipulate the price. Yes, you can do. If you have a lot of gold or XRP, you can dump it into the markets and, and suppress the price that is possible, but you can make the price somewhere different than, um, you know, in a different, like on a in a different market. So, uh, just to make it clear and, um, basically guys, um, this is actually a bullish thing for people to, to know that, um, the more we will use XRP or the more uh, like institutions will adapt this technology, the more demand, you know, the demand will increase and that's pretty much going to, uh, appreciate your assets, your XRP back. So, wanted to bring that up. so
0: I would love to remind our listeners that Ripple is partnered with the Digital Pound Pound Foundation in creating solutions for central bank digital currencies. And what the real use case for XRP is going to be is that when the United States has a CBDC and London or the UK has a CBDC, XRP will be the liquidity in between used to transfer value. We got 222 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I do want to kick it to Gonzo next. Gonzo, what are some of your thoughts on this news here? Feel free to take this any direction you'd like, but what is the long-term utility you see XRP having? And what do you think your long-term price target is? Because I want to put you on the spot here.
2: Oh, you're going to go ahead and put me on the spot, right? Um, so I agree with Selman, right? Uh, what he's talking about is arbitrage, right? And that has a way of working itself out through the market. Uh, even if it was broken, somebody would come up with a fix because they're just going to allow people to arbitrage and make tons of money, right? It, it They might and that's the cool thing about systems is that uh, there's always people out there that are willing to exploit and they exploit and then they find a correction for it. Right. That's how, that's how you test systems. Um, as far as like price for um, XRP, I, I don't, I haven't looked at my exit prices uh, in a while and they were based on Gematria, but um, I, you know, I'm thinking after the lawsuit as we go into the other bull run uh, you know, easily in the teens, right? 10, dollars $12, $15 XRP.
0: That would be very think, exciting, like, Gonzo.
2: Yeah. I, I don't think that we're going to get, you know, like I, you see some of these influencers and they talk about like, does XRP have the potential to be three digits? Absolutely. In the future, not in the next bull run, right? Uh, you know, you start talking about use case, total market cap and all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely at least $7, $8, something like that. But I think it'll go into the teens in the exactly. next bull run.
0: Jackie, I'd love to go to you next because we had a really interesting question here. It says, why aren't we fighting against CBDCs? It's the all-seeing eye. We agree. We're not advocates of central bank digital currencies. We just understand that this is a natural evolution of a financial system. And us being opposed to these technologies, it's not going to stop the innovation. I'd love to hear some of your comments here on CBDCs and XRPL. What are some of your thoughts, Jackie?
3: Yeah, we've talked a lot about CBDCs and um, XRP um, in the future, you know, they are going to work hand in hand. Uh, and, and yeah, like Ab said, uh, we aren't, you know, we aren't necessarily advocates of CBDCs, but we definitely do see that those are coming. Um, it's pro- most like, yeah, it's unavoidable, um, just because the powers of be, they have control and they are going to push things that they are going to push. So, um, the best way, uh, is to kind of hedge your bets against those things and, um, you know, kind of, yeah, play the Know the game and don't be played.
0: Yep, you're spot on, Jackie. And we're about to expose the game right here because we have an article here showing that Bernie Madoff was considered to be chairman of the SEC. But not only that, Bernie Madoff served on several advisor committees at the SEC government. And according to the SEC's inspector general investigation, Madoff was on a short list to be selected as the next chairman of the SEC My brain goes to a million places here, but I'd love to hear from the group first. Selman, why don't you start us off? Anybody who doesn't know who Bernie Madoff is, Bernie Madoff had the Ponzi scheme of the century collapsing the housing market back in 2008 with $60 billion. So I'd love to start off with Selman. What are some of your thoughts here? And how do you think the SEC is going to look at something like this, that they almost hired a
1: criminal to lead the SEC? So um, to be honest, I don't have like a very important thought on this. All I wish is um, Johnny Crypto would be here to... You Why don't we say what maybe, he would say, Salman? Hey, I'm not encouraging people to do this, but you can leave it in the comments. What Johnny Crypto would say if he was here live. Uh, but you see, like, um, we're dealing... I don't want to say criminals, of course. Uh, hey, I'm not American. I could say that, actually. But, um, yeah, I mean, we have corruption everywhere. And um, they are... are they, I just want to ask this question. Um, Are they really working to protect us or do they try to protect other people's interests? Right. So that's like the big question I have. You guys can answer it or do research and find out. But. Yeah. It's just interesting. It's just uh well, someone, thank you Abs, for bringing it up. I, I want to
0: point out something very interesting, which is that the answer to your question might be the fact that whoever let's, let's just use what happened last week. Tom Emmer is an advocate of XRP, not being a security. Right. And we talked about the other man. I'm forgetting his name, the Congressman from California who was anti XRP. So we went into their campaigns and we decided who's funding these guys. Right. Well, BlackRock was funding the anti-XRP, and I couldn't find any promotions for the for the guy who was pro-XRP, right? So if you look at who's paying these employees, you can kind of get to where they get to their decisions. And I wish Johnny Crypto was here to address the Rat Snake Weasel Index, but yeah. we got Gonzo in the building, so I'm going to kick it to you next. Yeah, Johnny was here. He would say, of course, this almost happened, right? Because Bernie Madoff
2: is the king. He is the emperor of the snake rat weasels, right? So, of course, he almost got the job. I mean, really, like the only reason, I mean, this guy ran his scam for years and years and years. And what, what he, got, he got found out during a bear market, right? Because we've talked about this. A bear market exposes all. Just like it exposes bad business models, people being over leveraged, he got exposed. But it, it, if, um, it, if Johnny was here, he would say that Bernie Madoff is a, snack, a snake rat weasel. And that, of course, he almost ended up at the SEC with all the other snake rat weasels.
0: Amazing, guys. And we're going to dive into our next article for today. But we got 232 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button and let the algorithm pump this video out to as many XRP listeners as possible. But We're going to dive into this next article, which is the government of China tried to obtain internal information from the Federal Reserve. A report from the GOP Senate reveals that China tried to build a network of informants inside the U.S. Federal Reserve. The Chinese government tried to get its hands on internal sensitive information from the Federal Reserve, and it's unclear whether they were successful. China was reported to have built a quote-unquote cult of insider informants inside of the reserve to loot information. However, it did not mention whether the government was successful in its mission. And One of the things that we've talked about on our channel is how long-minded or long-term minded the Chinese government is. When they bring informants into the United States, they'll actually move a couple have them have a child, and breed that child to be a government informant. This mission dates all the way back to 2013. I'd love to start with you, Jackie. How do you feel that the even at the Federal Reserve, the highest levels, the highest levels of government, the highest levels of financial power, they can't even avoid the Chinese communist uh, movement right now?
3: Yeah, I think, um, I, honestly, this doesn't surprise me. I know most people are probably shocked by this when they see an article like this, but this doesn't surprise me at all. Um, there's there's shady, there's shady shit that goes on, um, between governments, um, trying to get inside information, things like that. All the, all the amount of stuff that they've done in the past. Um, and the fact that this dates back to 2013, it also doesn't surprise me either. Um, this is, you know, these are what governments and countries will do to stay ahead and to get ahead. And, um, and to go beyond that, you know, some of the stuff, it's just hard it's even just hard to understand if it is, um, you know, if it is kind of an insider cult play, or you know, if if some people within our own system are welcome are welcoming, you know, other governments inside in, into this information. So you, it's hard to trust anyone these days.
0: It really is. I'd love to go to Gonzo next. Gonzo, you've got a bunch of experience. And one of the things that I'm looking at here is the fact that we all know this to be taking place, right? We never debate whether China is is infiltrating the United States government, but to see proof from the United States, it's very eye-opening and it's very interesting. We're going to dive into some of the statements that Jerome Powell had to say about this article, but what does this indicate to you?
2: Yeah, you know, just because the Cold War ended, you know, and that's like usually uh, uh, synonymous with like spying – Uh, it's actually huge, right? Not just like in government infiltration, but like you have corporate espionage where they're trying to steal secrets and the Chinese are the best at it, right? Like you said, they will, I mean, they'll send people over here, families, and they'll raise kids that'll eventually get into companies and they'll back them as far as their education. They put them in specific fields so they can activate like a cell, right? Once they get old enough. Uh, This stuff is absolutely real. It's hilarious that Papa Powell there saying that it's totally baseless. It didn't happen because, you know, they didn't really post what the results were. But absolutely, this happens. And
0: absolutely, China plays the long game when it comes to espionage. And to break down the details of exactly what went down during this insider information, 13 federal Federal Reserve employees operating across eight of the Fed's 12 sites were classified as the P network. So P-Network members were detained multiple times, and he had his phone and laptop were hacked during his trip to China to trace contacts of other connected federal officials. There's also a report that close relationship between Federal Reserve employees and the People's Bank of China allowed many insider information articles to be released into the general public. We haven't heard from Selman yet. Selman, before we dive into Jerome Powell's statements, what does this indicate to you, the fact that the Federal Reserve is not immune to these hacks?
1: Um, this basically means like imagine if you can really hack the Federal Reserve, you could really hack like any other central bank out there because I truly believe America's uh, security is the best, right? Um, and um, so it's basically telling me that um there is a huge shift happening. I I personally believe there is a huge shift happening. You see, China is taking over. My, the the power is slowly going into into asian hands so um is it a good thing or bad thing uh we can discuss that for sure but um there is something going on and we should definitely wake up and see and uh it's just for me it's just too early to make a statement um because we've seen it multiple times whenever we've we've got these kind of news updates it was like we got uh emotional immediately and then all of a sudden a couple months later we got more clarity and we were like oh okay it was like that not like that so that's why i want to you know step back to this and and you know lean back as always and and watch the show currently guys if you focus on something like that please don't feel like oh god um the world is ending just focus on your own thing uh cuz you know things happen all the time there is a huge conflict. And it's always been like that. Just focus on your own shit, I would say. And um, um eventually, you know, everything will go in, uh, in the way you desire. Gonzo, I'd love to have you close this out
0: here because we had some statements from Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve. He said, we are deeply troubled by what we to believe, what we believe to be an unfair report in many aspects And many of them are unsustained and unverified in situations about particular individual staff members. They are committed to maintaining both the confidence and sensitivity of integration and the integrity of our workforce. This just sounds like he's trying to say the right thing here. I don't buy a single word of it, but Gonzo, why don't you take us home?
2: (laughs) Yeah, you you know, unfortunately, and obviously it's not everybody. I think most of the people that probably work there, like feel a certain way about it and they have honor and they have a code and all that. But unfortunately it involves humans and humans are flawed. Right. And so what these guys do when it comes to espionage is they exploit human behavior. So you have people that have addictions. You have people that are cheating on spouses. You have people that have gambling addictions or have money problems. And so they watch and they see who the weak point is. And then they put pressure on that weak point, whether it's exposing your addiction, whether it's exposing your gambling debt, like whatever that is that you're, that you're unfaithful. Uh, and so, That's the problem is that it's humans and they do human behavior. And then these guys are experts at exploiting those faults.
0: Thank you so much, Gonzo. And we're actually showing some breaking news this morning. Salman, I'd love to go to you. Japan's central bank has abandoned the CBDC plans due to lack of interest from the general public. Well, I'd love if America could follow these same guidelines, but I don't think this is the end for CBDCs. I'm going to be following this very, very interesting. I'm not really sure why they would allow the public's opinion to influence what they're doing when we know that CBDCs are a global narrative. But what does this indicate to you, Selman?
1: Yeah, so when I saw that news update, I was like, first of all, I was like, damn, like you see people can achieve something. We can change something. But just to connect to what I said uh, right before this, guys, whenever we get these kind of news updates, we're getting like emotional. We're like, dude, you see, we can really achieve it. But then a couple months later, oh, um, some, something changes and all of a sudden the central bank does want to, um, you know, add CBDCs because of this and this reason. So even though the people don't want it, we have to because of that reason, right? Because of, I don't know, climate change because we want to save trees. We we can't print that much paper uh, or create that much paper. So yeah, all of a sudden things change, but it's an interesting news update that tells us that, it's always demand and supply. If we can really step up and say something, then of course you can change the world. The only issue we're we're having is only a few people are, you know, activated and and woke up, and which is obviously the warrior family right now. Two hundred thirty nine people watching this. You guys woke up. You know the the basically the advantages and disadvantages, and um, you know, of CBD season. You know that disadvantages are dominating. So. Unfortunately, we, we can't really change the world immediately. But what we can do is we can activate our people around us and raise awareness of the, the difficulties and, and challenges that we're going to face once uh, CBDCs are really being implemented. So, guys, this should be a, like Japan for now, for now, should be a role model for, for all of us. And the people of uh, Japan should be a role model, model for us. Um, you see that you can change the world but we need the masses to, to really, um, activate.
0: Jackie, what catches my attention here is that Japan has always been an advocate of technological innovation. And this is an example of them actually taking a step backwards. What does that indicate to you? in the fact that ripple XRP has been most prominent in this country.
3: Yeah, that's actually something that was going through my head. Um, you know, seeing Japan, seeing China, um, you know, on the front end of the innovation, them actually coming out and saying that they're abandoning CBDCs. Um, I You know, I don't know what to think about it, to be honest. I really don't. Uh, but I do agree with Salmon that it is, you know, it is just a narrative play. Uh, I do think it is kind of just a, you know, a lot of people look at Japan. A lot of people look at China for things that they're doing as far as innovation within um, Web3, within blockchain. So, um, they, this might just be a narrative that's thrown across the globe to, you know, bring forth something else.
0: Totally agree, Jackie. And we're going to dive into our next article for today, which is that Facebook's metaverse will misfire says Vitalik Buterin. Vitalik Buterin claims that Meta is jumping the gun with its metaverse innovation because it is far too early to know what people want from the metaverse. Ethereum co-founder Vitalik doesn't believe that any of the existing, existing attempts by corporations to create a metaverse are going anywhere pointing to meta as being the one he believes will be a misfire. The metaverse is going to happen, says Vitalik Viterim, but I don't think any of the existing corporations or their attempts to intentionally create a metaverse, those are not going to gain any traction. Buterik's comments come despite a number of successful metaverse projects already having launched like Decentraland and Sandbox, which are two that we always talk about on our channel. We don't really know what the definition of a metaverse is yet. It's far too early to know what people want from this technology. So anything Facebook creates... It will misfire. I'd love to kick it around the group here. Gonzo, why don't you kick us off?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, the big question here, first of all, we I don't disagree with them that we're way, way early for the metaverse, right? The big question is decentralized versus centralized, right? Meta being centralized and the other platforms being decentralized, right? Um, and I've said this before. I, I don't even think that the metaverse, because there's going to be multiple metaverse, but I think one that will win out, it probably hasn't even been created yet, Right. Um, I do like Sandbox better than Decentraland. I've I've actually spent more time in Sandbox, but I do like it better. It seems like its partnerships are better, and it's growing and expanding with its partnerships. Um, but uh, you know, he, he's not wrong, right? I think I think we're way early. It remains to be seen. I do think that Meta is on its last death blows as far as like a social media platform. Uh, but you know, we'll see, dude. Like you, you can never, you know. Like coach always talks about when you when you back a, an animal into a corner right and it starts throwing haymakers you don't know what he's gonna come up with, right? Uh, yep. But I think it's I, I don't I don't disagree that we're still early, um, and I don't disagree that you know I don't think that the actual metaverse has been created yet, right? I, I think that's still to come. But for now we have these and there are opportunities to invest on either the rails that's creating the metaverse or the actual metaverse projects,
0: right? Now, I'm not anti-metaverse, but I am decentralization focused. And other critics view that the centralized metaverses, such as those proposed by Meta and Microsoft, may affect the decentralization ownership of goods and services within those metaverses. We have projects like Decentraland and Sandbox, which have come together with several Web3 projects to open and launch an open metaverse alliance, which focuses on building more transparent, inclusive, decentralized and democratized metaverses. I think that's what the metaverse is all about. Putting the hands, putting the power back in the hands of the people and away from the large corporations, which are already selling our data for a profit. But I know Jackie had some comments here. So I'd love to hear from you, Jackie floor is yours.
3: Yeah. I'm, I want to kick Vitalik just, just for the fact that I know um, Oasis network is partnered with Meta um, specifically for metaverse use. And I have a big bag of Oasis network. So Vitalik quit it No, um, But I definitely do agree. Uh, Vitalik's is a smart guy um, and we are just on the very, very, um, you know, groundwork of what's go, what's coming as far as the metaverse goes. I've said it in the past, like we can't even fathom what's going to come about when it comes to the metaverse. Um, so, yeah, no one's going to get it right the first time. That's all part of technology, as Johnny says. Um, I do want to kick it back. Can you guys still hear me? Yep, we can hear you. All right. Okay, I, I think my computer is a little laggy. Dang it. Um, I do want to kick it back, though, just to a comment that Dom, Dominant Doge had put in the chat saying, Japan says this while it's at the same time Israel banning medium to large cash transactions. Just in regards to the last article that we went over, that is huge um, to tie together because that is exactly right. Um, you know, that, so that there again, we see kind of a cover up. You know, oh, we're backing off of CBDCs. while well, we see a whole nother country um, banning large cash withdrawals, uh, which will bring about CBDC. So I did want to just kind of point that back out to um, that comment. Thank you, Dominant Doge, for that. That's a great point, Jackie. And we can actually oh, dive into that article. Oh, sorry, sorry to jump the gun, too. No,
0: that's perfect because that's one of our next articles we were about to show. Israel's putting the brakes on cash to spur digital payments. It's believed that Israel will neither be the first nor the last country to impose such sanqu- such sanctions. Authorities on authorities in Israel on Monday has put in place further restrictions on cash payments as a means to combat illegal activity and spur digital payments within the country. The limits on cash payments have been tightened to about 1760 US dollars or 6000 Israeli shekels. For business transactions, you can spend up to $4,400 or 15,000 shekels in personal transactions. This is a massive move. I'm not really sure. So I'd love to start off with Gonzo here because Israel is doing something massive, right? They're starting the global shift away from dollars. And I can remember when the C-19 crisis happened, there was actually a bunch of articles that came out in August stating not only is cash trash, but cash is dirty, so there's going to be all types of narratives to move us away from cash. And what Israel's doing here, they're using the nefarious activity narrative. What does this indicate to you?
2: Yeah, 100, right? That's I think when we look back in history, and I love history, is we'll look at the C19 crash as far as the beginning of the end of cash, right? We're going to see this more and more. I mean, I know the article came out saying that um, you know Japan is canceling their CBDC, but I think I think it's just fun. I think we're going to see more of this, right? where they're gonna start limiting people using cash so they can promote digital assets. That's what they'll say is digital assets. But what they're really promoting is a central bank digital currency, right? Their version of it. Uh, and this is the way, you know, we've been talking about this for a while now, that, that it's not that we want them, but that they're coming and that you're watching um, the steps that they're going to take to force us into that, right? Um, because if you totally remove cash, then then we have nothing left. And then they feed us the CBDC, right? And so unfortunately, that's just the way that it works. But we're going to see this more and more. I, I think Israel is just um, like in the forefront, but uh, we're going to see these types of things more and more.
0: Salman, I feel like this is the tip of the iceberg. And being a European citizen, you're going to be one of the most prominent central bank digital currencies. That's going to take place in your nation. And I think it's really going to take development over in europe the goal is to reduce cash fluidity in the market mainly because crime organizations tend to rely on cash we've seen this narrative with bitcoin now we're seeing it with cash dollars what does it say to you salmon
1: so you guys need to understand that germans love cash they love it a lot but uh since the pandemic people always said hey money is dirty you, you shouldn't use money and all all of a sudden in all shops they they wanted you to pay with your credit card because money is dirty and we want to protect each other. And then now they changed the narrative and it was a perfect game. And now, you know, of course, we don't have our own money. We're having a we're like the European zone uses the same currency. So obviously, we're not the only country now deciding whether or not we're going to use CBDCs or not. Right. Um, So it's like the European Union has to decide on it. But we know that it's coming. It's going to be also of um, carbon friendly uh, blockchain it's gonna be um, super cheap to issue new tokens right and it's, it's you know convenient everybody has a phone a credit card so why not so unfortunately they're forcing. Uh, that agenda or pushing that agenda so um and seeing that Isra- israel has already started with that and uh, israel's government is not better than the uh european government or the american gov- government in my opinion all of them are corrupt and uh so if they really force that they they certainly don't do that because of illegal activities we've seen that why didn't they do that 20 years ago i mean they could have done it within like in another way without a blockchain we're using like banks are digital right but not on a blockchain so we didn't have a public ledger but they all have a ledger at some point why didn't we do that years ago so it's you see it's just just you know an excuse for us to avoid cash and so that they have an excuse basically and people don't wake up and say oh Um, you guys are forcing like forcing something no it's because of illegal activities etc so uh, that's why guys we need to activate and we need to wake up people you guys are the neos actually the or the morpheus and you need to find someone who can really change the game here and change the agenda but until that happens We're just going to start raising awareness, working towards that goal for a better future for all of us. And yeah, and uh, it starts with educating yourself first. You need to uh, work on yourself first. You need to actually um, save yourself first before you can help others, right? So
0: Yes. Oh, and Selman, I saw something very interesting which, this weekend, which is that there is 6.2 billion smartphones worldwide and only 3.8 citizen, 3.8 billion citizens own bank accounts worldwide. So I think one of the ways you can bridge the gap is through uh, cryptocurrencies and allowing people to bank through their smartphones. We're about to show you guys an example of that as the Bitcoin Lightning Network is looking better than ever. This is a seven second video showing how quick Bitcoin transactions can be. Beautiful, and one of the benefits to doing that instead of swiping your credit card is that you're not actually accepting debt; you are exchanging value instantaneously. selman just some really—I'm sorry, Gonzo—just some really quick comments on this video. Yeah, I mean that's a use case for Bitcoin, right? I mean, I wouldn't use my Bitcoin for transactions.
2: You know, uh, for me, it's you know an investment of store of value. Um, And I've never used the Lightning Network, but I can tell you I've moved Bitcoin before, and it takes a very, very long time. So I'm glad they have the Lightning Network because it literally took four or five, I think, five hours for it to show up on the other end. Um, So it's not efficient. Um, So I know that the Lightning Network is efficient. It's a layer two that's built on top of it. Uh, But there are definitely um, better transactions or better technologies. Unfortunately, though… Uh, And, you know, we hear this argument a lot as far as technologies and that there are better technologies out there. Sometimes the better technology, unfortunately, doesn't win, right? Look at McDonald's. Are they the best hamburgers? Absolutely not. They're disgusting, right? But they're all over the United States and all over the world. So sometimes the best doesn't always win, right?
0: A hundred percent, Gonzo. I love that analogy there. And we have, I'm going to kick it to you, Jackie. But before we do that, we're going to show our listeners a very, very cool video. Ripple's managing director, Cindy Young, fields a price question about XRP in regards to its performance as a bridge currency. This is a fascinating video. So we're going to let this play and then get some comments from the group, starting with Jackie. Here we go. How important is it
2: that XRP stays one of the top tokens for
3: this to work? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, again, I would say we're not, you know, we so much focus on the particular sort of price of XIP or the volatility or any other coin, particularly. It so doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it has a higher or lower market cap. So, if we look at our then on the on demand liquidity solution, RippleNet, where we are using XIP as a bridge currency, right, to move fiat, you know, around the world, right,
2: is, you know, regardless of the price of it. Yeah. All the matters is how many there.
3: So
0: I've, I'm realizing that the audio is a little bit difficult to hear there. What she's talking about is how XRP, because it settles instantaneously, it doesn't necessarily matter what the value of the coin is. But the point that she brings up at the end is that if you have $10 trillion in value that you need to transfer, you can't be sitting on a billion dollars worth of liquidity, right? So if we're going to use on-demand liquidity, if we're going to use XRP for on-demand liquidity, especially between banks, I believe it's $5.3 trillion are transferred between banks every single day. So in order for XRP to handle all that liquidity, you're going to need to be well over a $5.3 trillion market cap. Let's start off with uh, comments from Jackie. What does this video indicate to you and the fact that XRP, its value is going to need to increase if we're going to be used for on-demand liquidity?
3: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's why a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have been guessing a high, um, Price target for XRP, right? I think a lot of people were laughing at the, what was the 589? Right? Yeah, it was 589. I I have dyslexia sometimes, so I was going to mix those numbers up. 589. Um, and that was a big joke. And, you know, and then we did a, a price valuation, uh, right? JB put, brought that um that gentleman on for a price valuation. And he said 35,000, you know, now it's not so much a joke anymore. You know, that seems like, you know, such a reality, you know, I don't know about 35,000, but that's something that they have to come consider now that that was a price valuation put out there, you know? So um, I don't know. That's, that's something that people really, really need to consider, you know, in case there is a buyback or, you know, a potential scenario in the future don't sell out easily because because of You know this technology is innovative, and it is. You know if if that is going to be the set supply and the set market cap and everything like that, you have to take that into consideration
0: exactly and i'd love to hear from the other members of our group because what tells what i always hear is these there's so much speculation about xrp that people get carried away they want to create these solutions to figure out why xrp won't succeed when everything is right in front of us selman i would love to start with you if xrp is going to be used for on demand liquidity it must have a high market cap you can't transfer 5 trillion dollars 1 billion at a time it just doesn't make sense so what does this indicate to you my
1: friend exactly so guys um basically before the or right when the Russia-Ukraine invasion started, Brad Gowlinghouse was on TV and explained that um, Russia couldn't just use cryptocurrencies uh, to avoid these sanctions because there is not enough liquidity in the whole crypto space to you know satisfy its uh, needs. So um, right now, the crypto market is so, so early. That's what he said, right? And um, now imagine this. If you bring out, uh, let me give you a great example. Um, like our NFT project, for example, Collecti. Right? Imagine um, the, the the price of it was 450 XRP, and um, selling all tokens uh, would bring a total market cap of close to a million dollars but that doesn't mean that you know you can easily sell um you know a million dollars no because there's only going to be 50 sellers maybe or 50 buyers you can't you can't just like the market cap you see on coin market cap for example for bitcoin at some point it was above a trillion that doesn't mean that someone who holds twenty thousand xrp can immediately sell all of that because maybe the demand in the markets is only ten thousand. right you could easily um you know, crashed the markets to maybe a couple thousand dollars or less than that uh, if you did a market sale um, because there is not enough volume, not enough demand at that point. So I totally agree. If if you want to uh, buy $5.3 trillion worth of, you know, XRP to move it around, you need to have that much, you know, buyers and sellers and uh, the market in general has to be even way more than 5.5 5 trillion apps uh, to cover that, actually. So it has to be easily like 50 trillion or more if you want to have like 10% uh, like demand immediately, right, covered. So you need, like, imagine um, what Ripple is up to and imagine like tomorrow we could really see a, a market cap of maybe 50 or 100 trillion if the whole world runs on XRPL. Uh, or uses XRP as a bridge currency. So and even really in some, and
0: even more realistic would be that if, if Ripple can just take a certain percentage of that market share, we don't have to have the entire market. If we were going to take 10% of the on-demand liquidity market, we'd still be a multi-trillion dollar currency. And I think that's what gets me really excited. But we have our last article prepared for today, which is another Ripple XRP related article. As Ripple XRP powered cross-border payment solution, which is RippleNet, sees over 800% growth year over year. And this reminds me of the video we showed at the beginning of our episode, dispelling the claims that XRP could have a different value on the private ledger. When we talk about this value being the same on the public blockchain and the private blockchain, this is another example of that. So in the second quarter of 2022, the payment product called On Demand Liquidity had a 9x growth in year over year volume, according to a new market report from Ripple. Customers continue to expand in the use of ODL for use cases beyond traditional remittances and individual payments, with treasury flows and bulk payments accounting for more volume on the network. Ripple's on-demand liquidity-related sales tallied over $2.12 billion worth of XRP, while some purchases amounted to $1.7 billion worth of XRP for net sales of $409 million During this bear market, Ripple has been one of those projects that has continued to expand, whether it's signing up for a new um, building in Toronto, purchasing a new lease in San Francisco, as Gonzo had mentioned. This company is doing more than the rest. What does this indicate to you, Gonzo? We got a couple of minutes here, so feel free to close us out.
2: Yeah, just like you said, Abs, uh, they're going to continue to grow. They're going to continue to build partnerships, which creates the use case for XRP, which creates that liquidity that we're talking about, that demand liquidity that we're gonna need, right? And we don't need it to move all the money. Just a very small percentage, like you said, seven, 8% um, is a huge amount. Uh, And then we get price appreciation, XRP. But you need, like someone was saying, you do need that demand for it. But with these guys building these partnerships and creating these corridors, they're creating that demand.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'd love to hear from Selman next. Selman, what are some of your thoughts on the development from RippleNet and the on-demand liquidity we have going on here? What are some of your thoughts?
1: Um, Thank you. So basically, um, it's going to take a while, of course. Uh, You can't expect that technology. And we're talking about a big thing, right? It's not just a simple software that you develop. Uh, It is interconnected and it's you know you're dealing with so so many variables it's gonna take time guys so lean back I saw um it was it Susie uh saying that you know I just want to hear or oh, you hear it is early that's what I care about right so it's gonna take time of course so um feel free to dive into you know the you know to learn more about that do your own research but guys like they are Focusing on the XLS 20 update for NFTs, right, on one hand. And then they have a team that's focusing on that on-demand liquidity and much more. You see more and more central banks are coming uh, to build uh, or use uh, RippleNet. And then you got, for example, was it Colombia? I just forgot. Uh, But you you have countries that want to run an XRPL. And then you have, of course, uh, some, you know, uh, advisory team for these countries. So you see, there's a lot of things happening. So it's going to take time, of course. And I love the fact that they're taking their time because we don't want any issues or you know technical uh, difficulties. So I love the fact that they are not trying to pioneer. Pioneering, don't pay. Never forget that. That's that's a quote by Andrew Carnegie. So it's important that they observe what's happening in the markets and they take it slowly and learn from others' mistake and work on it.
0: Thank you so much, Summon. And we're about to read you guys a very interesting product. We've got a Black Seed Inc. product here. This is something that we've not only talked about on our channel before, but it's something that we're utilizing ourselves. Black Seed Inc. sponsored our 2022 Freedom Conference as they provided steel seed plate backups for all of our warriors. If your recovery seed phrase is lying around on a piece of paper, you need to check out blackseedinc.com. Don't take unnecessary risks with your crypto investments. Back up your seed phrase. What's next for Black Seed Inc. has has really as the company has just registered for the X-Series. It's the world's first crypto storage solution for Ledger Nano wallets. This is a series of products and an entire ecosystem created to protect your cryptocurrency. Titanium capsules to protect your Ledger, a stone paper notebook to record all your transactions. And finally, there's a fireproof case that holds capsules and notebooks as well as your recovery phrases. There's What's great about the Black Seed Inc. is doing is they're finally bringing some ingenuity to the physical side of crypto. Yes, we are dealing with digital currency and cold storage wallets, but seed phrases are real world hardware and it's necessary to keep those investments safe. The X-Series helps you organize all of your cryptocurrencies and it's available right now for pre-order in our Kickstarter campaign down below. You'll have until August 10th and that's it. The X-Series won't be available again until sometime in 2023. So please click the description down below and take advantage of this amazing and innovative project. I'm going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests today. Thank you to Selman G. Thank you to Gonzo and thank you to Jackie. Another amazing episode. I want to give a shout out to Johnny Crypto as well. Sending you love and high vibes, my friend. We're going to close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors guys, 210 listeners, smash that like button. We'll see you in 23 hours. Let's go! Love you guys!